In change, you're often moving forward in ambiguity. You might be in a fog, there might be so much confusion around you, but you need to be able to always move forward. Your plan might not always be tangible, but with some change principles that we call it, you can actually move forward, have discussions and build plan and tangible outcomes through what you might call as ambiguous discussions. We will go through four principles and they are alignment. Is everyone looking in the same direction? Assurance. Is everyone doing what they say they should be doing in order to guarantee an outcome in terms of the organisation? Leadership. And not just leadership from above, it's leadership from within and at every level of the organisation. And finally, value. We're going to explore those four principles and how when you apply them in your everyday discussions, planning, conversations and engagements, you will end up bringing change to fruition, but also sustainable change. All too often as change managers, we pick up a tool and we deliver it A, B, C, D, one foot after the other. But when you have change principles in place, you can gauge the rate of change, the effectiveness of change, but you can navigate conversations at any time, in any moment. In change, we're not always change experts in every area. We're not subject matter experts. These principles will help guide you through the fog and make you a better change manager. In this lecture, we're gonna take a look at change principles. Change principles are critical for a change journey, especially in the early part of the journey when clarity and fidelity and specifics aren't yet known. Change principles provide us an element of guidance and provide us the ability to get people facing in the same direction without being too prescriptive. This dictionary definition of a principle, as you can read for yourself, is a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as a foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. So again, a principle is what you can apply agnostically or generically to any single situation in the back of your mind to any conversation knowing that if you address this principle for the outcome you wish to see from it, i.e. a positive outcome, you can never go wrong with change. The four principles we use when applying change strategy, change leadership, change management, conversations, plans, schedules, etc., etc., always comes down to these four principles. Alignment. Do we have the line of sight from the top of the organization through to the operations? Are people thinking the same way? Assurance our ability to guarantee we do what we say or record we're going to do. Leadership, the ability to influence people to an outcome, and of course value, because that's what an organization is seeking day to day, but also too from the change. And as you can see, those four principles sit around change in whatever perspective you wish to apply it in. Principles allow us to have that purposeful discussion. They allow us to engage an individual or a team without understanding the specifics 
without actually understanding the domain of knowledge and through principles you can bring out purpose through the fact that you are working if you like with a degree of ambiguity principles help us explain the continuum and the journey as opposed to just focusing on the destination consider change like safety or safety culture you never really ever get there in the end your continuum is zero harm or zero injury but you can never ever sit satisfied that you've reached it you always are changing like in any culture it needs to be nurtured principles are, the, are guiding and they promote convergence again in the early days of change when we don't have specifics and we can't prescribe the what and the how it's easy for divergence to creep in because people will want to do things in a way that they believe suits them or perhaps the change ahead principles promote convergence because they put boundaries and purpose around our conversations and our thinking they're a great way to resolve ambiguity and again working in the gray when you understand these principles which we'll go through shortly you'll have utmost confidence to enter almost any conversation knowing that you can steer the conversation to a point of clarity again they will also help us navigate the detail when we're not subject matter experts and finally or not finally but a key point they promote trust because they influence the discussion based upon outcome and value as opposed to concentrating on the detail stakeholders will have different needs and wants they'll have a different sense of urgent versus important but each change journey needs to bring people together and build and sustain a collective intent the alignment principle is underpinned by this concept of a collective intent because it describes a force that people or like-minded people have that when brought together and managed and nurtured becomes a real positive and driving force and influence to give people purpose and face them in the same direction alignment also looks at that famous question we've all heard of is everyone on the same page yes or no well the alignment principle when crafted into our discussions our decision making and our actions helps people get to that same page facing in the same direction and out of the four principles alignment is probably the easiest one and alignment is not just looking in the forward direction but what sits behind alignment is understanding and conviction in the why we are doing something in the first place so let's take a look at how we might identify that we have a degree of alignment in an organization well are people engaged with one another in the workplace when you walk into that room or into that factory or into that warehouse are people actually walking around with their heads down not engaging or talking to one another or only engaging with one another when there's needed to be a transaction or a change of information or an exchange of information 
A great symptom of alignment is when people start to challenge between functions, teams and activities. Challenge is a good thing because when done respectfully and in the view of creating value, when you challenge another function, in a way, you're helping them to continually improve. People are socialising with one another. When you walk into the lunchroom, do people sit together or are they separate? Do people walk into the workplace together? Are the change rooms a sense of social exchange or is it a real cold climate that no one really communicates? Two very important symptoms of alignment are people understand who their internal customer is. When we're aligned and that line of sight is in place and it's evident, people will know not only what they're doing in an organization and how, but who are they handing that value or artifact or information to internally. And ultimately they know who the external, or sorry, the internal supplier is, who actually places demand on them inside the organization. Understanding this push-pull, who is upstream and who is downstream, that alignment is critical because to move to a future state, you need to consider both upstream and downstream. And if individuals and teams know that from the starting point, change is done in a simpler way. Again, body language. It appears positive, engaged and committed. You know, again, people walking, looking down at the ground versus looking up, smiling, engaging. Is everybody wearing their PPE or their safety glasses, high-vis? Are people dressed well? Everyone acknowledges one another as they walk past. Body language is another great symptom of alignment. And as a change leader, you need to see this and feel this as you walk through an organization. Because head office may feel and act differently to a satellite office or a warehouse. Symptoms of alignment. The computer systems support the process, but aren't the process itself. So many times you're in an organization and you'll see an IT system sitting there and people work outside of it. Why? Because the IT system was put in based upon functionality, not how it actually supported a business process. Again, all symptoms of alignment. To simplify the meaning of assurance as it relates to a principle, let's think of assurance as the step away test. If I have got processes in place, people are understanding what they're doing, and we have dependability built into our processes, well the step away test simply says if someone had to go away on leave, management weren't there or you had to swap people into a task assurance or the level of assurance guarantees you that a process can continue with a degree of certainty the question here if you didn't have assurance around your processes will the organization suffer or will it stop in the event that someone should step away Assurance is often seen as a cost or something that audit do in a larger organization. But the level of assurance is really your level of confidence 
that there is consistency in the processes that convert demand to value in your organization. Another consideration of assurance is a simple procedure or instruction that is used to support the business right through to a complex enterprise resource planning tool or software platform. It's a critical element to any change journey because to sustain change doesn't just take people's aspiration, it takes a management system or a system of a business to do so. So when we're walking through that organization or assessing the change journey in the early stages, you really want to consider, is there a management system in place or typically a quality management system? People are aware and know what is the right way to do things, not just how to act, but the right way to execute a process. Work instructions or procedures exist for that critical to quality work. Now, assurance and quality control are balanced and when we say that if you think about a process that goes from A to B if you have good assurance in a process well the process was, is likely to guarantee what you require each and every time if there is a lower level of assurance in a process from A to B you will find the need to place controls in that process or checkpoints now the more controls you have in a process, the more expensive that process is. And it often is a symptom that you haven't considered that step away test or the assurance piece. Another symptom or a good symptom of good assurance is visual work instructions for critical to quality activities. Or material specification data sheets are visible in the organization. Now, that might be a compliance um, point of view from many places around the world, but the fact of having a material specification data sheet nearby tells me as a change leader, that's a good symptom of assurance. So if they're doing that, they're likely to be doing other things as well. Again, safety is braced from within. We actually look after ourselves in a safe manner. We look after our workmates in a safe manner. We call things out if they're not safe. We don't just rely on the safety officer or the safety advisor to catch us out. That again is one of culture, but it's also a symptom of assurance. And again, symptoms and processes prevail over practice and choice or discretion. These are all symptoms of assurance. This course has already touched on leadership in multiple perspectives. Again, what is leadership, the application of leadership, being a change leader. But leadership is also a key principle in terms of change. Again, it's about setting that vision, believing in the vision, taking people there, both aspirationally and really perspirationally, because it takes effort to get there. Leadership pulls people through a journey to the to a better place or a future state where management tends to push people. The next line sums it up very well, push versus pull or stick versus carrot. Now when we say stick versus carrot, you imagine a horse, you can either hit it with a stick on its behind to make it move forward or you can dangle a carrot in front of it and pull it forward 
that's the analogy we're talking about here. Leadership is really around carrot, but leadership is also understanding at times one might need to bring out the stick, but doing it in a respectful manner, striking a balance between the two. And again, the situational awareness of the application of push versus pull. Every person in change needs to understand, feel it. You almost, and as you get better at assessing this and feeling it, you'll be able to do this in real time. And these principles, when you practice them in your mindset, you'll be able to let them go and you'll be making decisions in real time and you will come across as being an expert. But again, every journey is different and every set of stakeholders is different. But each and every time, both of them must come together to deliver and sustain that successful change. How do we identify that leadership is strong or perhaps not so strong in an organization or a location? Well, we're looking for symptoms of empowerment. People can make decisions on the workplace floor. Leaders are taking safety walks and not just are looking for issues or risks in terms of safety, but generally care about the environment that their workers work in and where improvements can take shape. Management engages with the workforce through conversation, through making themselves available, listening, not speaking. A great way to do leadership or to deliver change and influence change is to promote a day in the life program where a leader might say to an individual, hey, why don't you spend tomorrow in that business role and then come back the next day and let's talk about what you learned, what you saw, because this will be a great insight for the change ahead. Again, easy to do, doesn't cost any money and it's a great leadership tool. Open door versus closed door. Have we ever known a manager or an individual that might sit in their office with the door closed? It puts up a barrier or a mental barrier with people straight away because you or that individual comes across as not being approachable. That's not a good sign of leadership. Personal and professional development is encouraged. So when we say that, it goes directly to the next point, work-life balance. You can do professional development in many ways. It doesn't require training. It could be mentoring. It could be having a conversation, having lunch with someone more senior than you or perhaps less senior than you in a different role. There are many ways to do this. And of course, one very important element of leadership is the use or the encouragement of lead indicators versus lag indicators. We go into that particular lecture in another course that Structured Change has. The value principle is probably the easiest one to understand of all, but it's often the hardest one to achieve. Again, an organization is converting demand into value but the change journey itself is looking to change things for the better and to deliver sustained value through the change journey itself. Value can be anything that any of us see or believe in. If I have a blue car or a red car, my preference might be a blue car. That is of what's value to me. It doesn't make it right or wrong. 
and as a change leader, we need to respect people's own personal view and value. But the value principle could under, uh, underpin market penetration, it could be employee satisfaction, a process or instruction improvement, customer retention. It could be any number of things. It can be both tangible and intangible. But translating value into a change journey via a strategy needs to be always that first point of clarity. It's on the right-hand side of the page, right-hand side of the poster. That's where we're heading. And again, these principles, especially the value principle, reminds us how to do that. In another one of our lectures, we talk about the hierarchy of change objects. And each and every time or we do something or a change element in a journey needs to reflect the fact that it has left behind something of value. Because if we're doing something in a change journey that isn't of value, even if it's a supporting activity or deliverable, we should stop it because people are likely to switch off and not believe in the journey itself. So again, that can be summed up with the statement, every step of a change journey needs to deliver true value to stakeholders, whatever it may be. Walking through an organization, some symptoms of value. How do we identify that people are embracing value? Well, it could be a customer scorecard. How are we aligned to our customer? Again, the alignment principle, but based upon value. It could be a lean program. And for those that don't understand lean or 5S, lean looks at removing waste out of a process. So any organization undertaking a lean program is actually trying to provide more value into its processes and ultimately deliver more value to the organization and its stakeholders. Continual improvement is embraced. We look for opportunity. We build that into our thinking. We build it into our change. And it's we believe in that continual improvement because there's always a better way to do something. Balanced scorecard. So the balanced scorecard first really brought to the marketplace by Kaplan and Norton in the 60s and 70s looks at different dimensions in which an organization should be looking at itself in terms of value. An easy way to appreciate value is do people appear happy and engaged? They understand why they're there. They understand where they're faced, where they're heading, who their customers are. Pride in workmanship. It's visible, it's evident. The value streams, again, the different value streams that run through the organizations really are the focus in terms of outcome and output as opposed to just the process, which is really around task, activity, and deliverable. Again, outcomes are embraced ahead of task. So in this lecture, we've looked at the four principles of change, alignment, assurance, leadership, and value. You can use all four at any time, but the bias of the different elements or the different types of principles you apply in any situation will be down to your choice and selection as a change leader. But every single change journey that we have done in the structured change embraces these principles 
and especially in the early days, we're able to design, talk, convey, and take people aspirationally on a change journey ahead of the detail. And as a change leader, that's what we need to do. When we're navigating change, it's great to have a plan, it's great to have all the communications, and it's great to have a degree of certainty. But we all know in change, things aren't always consistent. And when we have to navigate through themes and politics and ambiguity, we do that using principles and how the combination of them together in any circumstance will again provide you confidence in the conversation, but also lift the confidence in your stakeholders in the changes ahead. Music